0: So we're going to talk about money today and uh, I want you to, with the people around you, get in a group of three or four. Uh, don't leave any stragglers. If you see someone on their own looking awkward, take pity on them, get them in your group. And I want you to answer this one question for me. If I gave you a million quid right now, what would you spend it on? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, go for it. Give you a million quid right now. You've got three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Okay. So if you had a million quids, if I had a, uh, if I, well, I could do a bank transfer right now into your account, your million quids. So I want you to shout out to me some of the things that you would have spent that million pounds on. Come on, just, what, what so, there's one. A Range Rover. What, would you get it gold-plated to get it up to a million? Yeah, yeah, one each it, yeah, one up. You get two. One black, one in white. Right, okay. Yeah, very good. Somebody else said something? Investing. Interesting. What would you invest in? Oh. Right, okay, yeah. Crypto is hilarious. You'd have lost a lot of money, but yeah, yeah very good so he gave away 900,000 you got two Range Rovers right what else sorry I'm just messing right come on any other ideas build what milkshakes that's a lot of milkshakes I suggest you'll be dead at 10 grand but yeah that's fine Uh, any else theater tickets we're going to theater forever yeah okay somebody else said university didn't they? Yep. Yeah, there's some wisdom there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very good. A new guitar, again gold plated. Very good. A million quid. Yeah. It depends which part of the south. For some parts of the south, it's a small shed. But yeah, yeah. Go for it. Lego. Interesting. <laughs> Different approach to the buying a house thing. Build one out of Lego. I mean. It's not the worst idea we've had, but it's in the bottom one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who else? <laughs> go to space from it. You could. You could buy. A, you could buy on uh, on um, Jeff Bezos' spaceship, couldn't you? Get a seat and go to space. Yep. Very good. On, two more. What would you do with a million quid? You build houses in Africa. That's good. I'm feeling that. Very good. Cool. Okay. So. Money is pretty powerful, isn't it? It gets your imagination flying. It's pretty powerful stuff. If you've got a Bible, go to my favorite book in the Bible, which is Ecclesiastes. It's your favorite book as well, isn't it? And to understand it, Ecclesiastes is, is messes with your head a little bit. And to understand Ecclesiastes, you've got to think, this book asks the questions that the rest of the Bible tries to answer, okay? Okay. This book is a work of philosophy, theology. This book is a a howl of pain at the way the world is. This book is poetry. It's asking questions. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, There was a time in my life where I was uh, was just really struggling, thinking about giving up on my faith, and I started reading Ecclesiastes, and it helped me realize that actually uh, the Bible asks these difficult questions as well, not just me. Okay, so Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6. Just that one verse. We're going to hang ourselves around on this verse today. And that is this. Better is a handful of quiet than two hands full of toil and a striving after the wind. Better is a handful of quiet than two hands full of toil and a striving after the wind. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. okay? Because we live in a culture where more is better don't we? That's what we live in. We live in a time where uh, more is better. And if you have lots, then more is still thrown at you. You still need to get more. More is better. We live in a consumer society. That means we are designed, our position in society, and, and even to keep our economy working is based on the fact that we will buy things and we will keep buying things. And the economy begins to falter when we stop buying things. So the big panic at the moment is because uh, interest rates are go- going up, because inflation looks like it's going to increase, because things cost more money, we're beginning to think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stop buying things because I'm worried for my future. I'm going to have to pay for my gas bill, so I'm going to cut Netflix. Uh, and Netflix has seen it at the moment. People are just leaving them. Uh, and that's because our society is based on this idea that we will buy and we will keep buying. That's why we love disposable goods. That's why companies invent things that they know will last only so long but will want more of them. You spend £1,000 on your iPhone, uh, but actually in reality they're hoping that you give up on it in two years. That's what they're hoping for. That's, our whole economy is built on that. Uh, and the things we buy, they break and go out of date quickly. Uh, and that's kind of baked in to how we do things. And actually, every time, uh, last time our economy crashed hard in 2008, that was because debt increased to the point that we couldn't manage it anymore on a global scale. Okay? Our economy is built on more, always to have more. And actually, our advertising industry is built on that concept as well, isn't it? If our adverts were just for what we needed, they would be very short, they wouldn't be very many of them. Influencers would make no money, would they? Because effectively, if it was just about what we needed, they would not have very much to say because they are targeted at our desire for more and always for more. And they suggest actually we will be fulfilled by more. We will feel better about ourselves, we'll probably feel better about our place in society, maybe how our our friends think of us, maybe what we can do for our family if we have more. And what we've got is never quite enough because we can always do a bit more. More is not a great place to start when we think about our money. And actually, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, actually, there is a different way for us to think about our finances, even to think how we plan for our future, how we're going to work out our spending, okay, even at the super low level, how we decide to do our weekly shopping. All right, you might be thinking, man, I'm 17, my mum does my weekly shopping, it's no problem, but in a few years, you are going to have to do it. Uh, And if we base it on more, and always needing more, then we live in an unreality, okay? It's an unreality that the whole world lives in, but it is an unreality, it's not a sustainable thing. Uh, And I want to tell you about someone, a guy called Marcus Person. Have you ever heard of Marcus Person? Have you ever heard of Minecraft? Who plays Minecraft? Or well, who has played Minecraft? You can own up to it. Yeah, when I was young, I used to play Minecraft. Right, this guy invented Minecraft, okay? He started programming computers at a very early age, and he built this computer game. And uh, he built it in his spare time. So he had a job in computer programming, and he went home and he'd started to build Minecraft. And, uh, and as he did that, it, it began to take off. And it launched, uh, and then eventually it was doing so well, he quit his job uh, and just works full-time on Minecraft. Uh, and uh, my kids went through, uh, still in a phase of playing Minecraft, all of their mates playing Minecraft. It's still a, a huge thing uh, globally. Millions of people play it uh, with hundreds of millions of users. And Minecraft launched in 2009 and uh, soon caught the eye of a number of big companies and eventually was bought out by Microsoft for $2.5 billion in 2014. A lot of money, right? $2.5 billion. Uh, and it's an incredible amount of cash. You'll notice when I said, how can you spend a million quids? Actually, most of you didn't even get close to spending a million quid. In fact, perhaps the guy who wanted to go to the moon, that would be about it. Most of us, uh, we, we were kind of struggling to think how we would spend it. And that's because it's a lot of money. Uh, imagine having a billion. Marcus Pearson... He is now worth or was worth about 1.8 billion pounds, okay? Uh, he, when they bought out, his, uh, bought out Microsoft uh, and uh, he didn't go with the company. He decided, you know what, I've got 1.8 billion quid, I'm going to go do my own thing. So he went off and took the opportunity to enjoy his money. Uh, he was like any one of us, okay, just got a job, worked on his hobby, and his hobby exploded, and he got a lot of money. So what did he do? Well, he bought himself a mansion in Beverly Hills. He spent $70 million on this mansion, Uh, and let's just assume that he didn't have to get a, a mortgage to pay for it. He just put 70 million dollars out on the table bought this place and in this mansion one of the rooms has a massive wall about the size of this i've seen photos of it and it's one wall of sweeties that's all it is numbers of tubes with sweets presses a button gets all the sweets he wants he has that it has a garage which can fit 16 cars in it right? which is disappointing if he had 17 i'm sure that upset him 16 cars in it had a swimming pool had a gym 23,000 square feet of property. He outbid Beyonce and Jay-Z to get this house. Okay? This is a nice place. Uh, and he built a reputation. Started hanging out with rock stars and uh, all sorts of musicians. Perhaps he invited Beyonce and Jay-Z around for parties just to show them the house they didn't get. Uh, and they would, he would just spend money. Crazy lifestyle he had. Uh, Marcus had more. He got it. He got more, more than he could imagine. He got it. He was living the dream. But the story doesn't end there because he's an avid Twitter user. So a number of years after uh, he kind of got more, he got all of this uh, money, he, he put out a few tweets. And this is one of them. He said, the problem with getting everything is you run out of reasons to keep trying. And human interaction becomes impossible because of the imbalance. He effectively saying, I've got everything, I have nothing to live for. That's what happens. When we sold the company, we made the best effort uh, to make sure all of the employees were taken care of, and now they all hate me. Found a great girl, but she's afraid of me, afraid of my lifestyle, and went with a normal person instead. He got more, but what did he have? Well, not very much. Now, I don't know about you, but you can hear a story like that and be a bit like, oh, that poor, sad billionaire. How hard must his life be? But actually, it's heartbreaking, I think. This man got more. He did. He got more. And almost overnight he's living the the modern dream the social media dream the suddenly going viral and exploding and getting all of that cash Uh, we see that story told to us so many times even though many times there's not much truth in it but we see it come to us again and again we see that story he got more and it made him miserable he got more but had nothing and stories like this actually should make us pause to think Because actually, those sort of stories you hear often. When the National Lottery first started, guy won eight million quid. And then there was, I read a newspaper article about him. It was about 18 months later. He was like, yeah, I'm in debt. I blew it all. I couldn't even tell you what I blew it on. I got some motorbikes. I crashed them. I've got nothing left. All right, it's the dream. But it rarely actually comes off. And it should be a challenge to us because we often think my problems would be solved if I just had a little bit more money. If I had more, life would be easier, okay? And I don't want to be flippant about this, because perhaps some of us have lived in genuine difficulty. Perhaps some of our families have had to use food banks, perhaps actually we've known that our grandparents and our parents have always struggled, always worked hard, never, always felt like they never quite had enough. And so in those situations, you might think, if we just had a bit more, my problems would be solved, Now I want us to be very positive about money, money is a a good thing, money is a very useful thing and money is a very powerful thing actually, I'm not here to pretend that it's evil, I'm not even here to pretend that being rich is bad, it is not a bad thing at all, uh, it can be very helpful in fact, money can be very useful, money used in the right way actually can do many powerful things. So Manchester, my city, has a massive homeless problem now. The last maybe 10, 15 years, we moved to Manchester 13 years ago. You walk in the city centre, not many poor people at all. Now you see a a big community of homeless in the city centre, often many of them out of their head on spice, uh, and it has uh, been very debilitating, and I would be very naive if I said money won't solve that problem. Actually, money would be very, very helpful. It's not the only way of solving it, but that problem needs money. Or if you think about the, uh, the, the famine that currently is in parts of Africa, Somalia particularly, you think, oh, okay, they, they just need our friendship. No, they need financial help, money would go a long way to solving some of those problems. Money used in the right way can be very positive into your family, can grow your family life. Money in the, in the right way can actually help you build your relationships, build friendships if used in the right way. Money in the right way can help you build a future for yourself. Money used in the right way could grow the church that you are part of. However, we know that money can have a strange effect on people, can't it? It can men, mess with people's minds, can bend their thinking. And Paul writes about this in 1 Timothy 6. He says, those who desire to be rich, okay, and, you know, if, you, if you're honest, yeah, okay. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Paul isn't known for kind of pulling his punches, is he? For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's through this craving. It's like it holds you, like a, a desire for food. Actually, if you're hung, if I'm hungry, I get I get hungry. Does anybody else get a bit hungry? If I'm man, man, I'm just I feel myself getting hungry now. So at the end of this talk I might get a bit shouty. It won't promise. Uh, but you, I get hungry, I get angry, and Paul is describing it similar sort of way. You crave money actually can change your emotions, your moods can uh, not be good for you. This craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So that desire for money caused them actually to choose financial security, comfort over following Jesus, wealth over following Jesus. So I want you in your groups, I want you to ask just a few questions of each other and I want you to be a little bit honest about this okay just it's an opportunity just to uh, open yourself up and share a bit okay uh, firstly talk about how you get your money whether, whether you work whether you've got jobs whether it's pocket money whatever it might be just talk about that a little bit uh, and then say what do you do with your money and then ask yourselves each other do you have enough money okay just go talk about those things you've got three minutes some of those questions were, were deliberately a little bit personal, so I'm not going to ask you to, to shout them out. But just to, that, allow that question to sit in your minds. Do you think you have enough money? And to, to understand it a little bit better, if that makes sense, because you think, oh, there's all these things I want. I, I really like all of this stuff. Uh, so I'm a, I love music, and I've got um, a, a Sonos speaker. I've got one of the big ones. And I'm thinking, I want more money because I want another one. And my wife is like, where do you want it? I'm like, I want it next to that one so it can be twice as loud. I don't need that on any stretch. So do I think I have enough money? Yes, I do, because I don't need that thing. Okay, so let's remember what Ecclesiastes says. Better is a handful of quiets than two hands full of toil and a striving after the winds. Okay, so let's think a bit about striving, all right? Uh, and the first place, really, we need to think about when we, we think about our money, think about the money that we have, think about the money that we would like to have, is to, to kind of take a step back and say, what am I striving for? Okay, what am I striving for? Uh, because more, like we've talked about, is the wind in that, in that um, bit of Ecclesiastes there, that is the wind that you're trying to catch. And you can't catch the wind, it's impossible to catch the wind, and if by some freak of life you can catch the winds, like our friend Marcus Person, who, who caught the winds by that, uh, just by inventing Minecraft and selling it—absolute one in a billion events. If you do happen to catch the winds, you realise actually there's nothing there. And um, I want us to think about what am I striving for? And actually, that is because. We will be given resources over our lives. In the future, yeah, you, some of you may have jobs now. Some of you may uh, be about to go into the world of work, maybe in a year or two, and money will start coming to you. Uh, You'll start having a responsibility that comes to you with what you pay for, like you'll need somewhere to live and food to eat, and you'll need to start a pension and very boring things, okay? But money will start to come to you. And for some of you, you you may find yourself with quite a lot of money coming to you. And some of you may find not very much. Uh, And there are different seasons of life where sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less. Uh, And it's good to think now, okay, well, what am I going to strive for? Instead of just reacting in the moment, first paycheck comes in, you're like, yes, party. Uh, I'm going to blow it all. Um, uh, It's better to think and to have a little bit of a plan, to be a bit proactive. And actually, that's true for lots of things. That's true for the the way you use your time, the talent that you might have, the energy that you have. Actually think, you know, what am I going to strive for? What do I want to see happen with the resources that has been given to me? Because it's worth remembering, uh, and this is going to be a blinding revelation to you, at some point, you are going to die. Welcome to the common room. Happy, cheery place. At some point, you are going to die. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, I'm a little bit of a history nerd. Uh, I'm fascinated by history. And in history, we see some cultures uh, that really believed you could take things with you when you died. Okay, so the Egyptians... For example, when their kings or their wealthy people died, they'd build an expensive tomb and then they would fill it with their favorite possessions and gold and things of incredible value. Some of the Egyptians used to kill their favorite slave, okay, so they they would die and in their will was like, I want you to kill Dave and John, my favorite slaves, and put them in with me so they can look after me in the afterlife. I'll put put all of my money in there as well, Uh, and that is what they would do, and so people now will raid those tombs won't they will go to these places and look for the wealth there but actually you think about I was thinking about this this morning what would that have done to the economy of that country effectively we make all of this wealth what do we do with it we bury it in the ground okay so slowly but surely their their economy their wealth was being disappeared rich people were holding on to it and taking it away with them it doesn't work though does it the writer of Ecclesiastes, he, he, he wrote something else in, in verse three, uh, chapter 3. He said, all go to one place. All are from dust and to dust return. Okay. Effectively, you can't take anything with you. You go from dust to dust. Actually, Alexander the Great, another figure in history, he got this. And when he, was, when he died, he'd, one of his instructions was, I want you to hang my arm out of the coffin. Bit morbid. If you ever go to a funeral, I hope you don't see that. I want you to hang my arm out of the coffin with nothing on it so that my men, my people can see that I go into death naked. I have nothing. I take nothing with me. What are you striving for? If you can't take any of your money or possessions with you, what are you striving for? And you might think, well, if I can't take it with me, I'm just going to blow it now. I'm going to have great time. I'm going to enjoy life for what it is. I'm going to have parties, whatever it might be. I'm going I'm to spend it on that. Actually, let's think about it another way. When we're getting close to old age, perhaps we're we sitting in a, a lovely old people's home together somewhere in Norwich, uh, and I will be there with you. Honestly, I'm not that much older that I'll die a lot before you, whatever. Um, uh, we'll be there together, and we'll be telling stories. Maybe stories about what we have done in our lives. What are the stories that you want to tell about your life? i worth thinking, in it? What stories do I want to say? Yeah, I did this. Uh, yeah, I was involved in that. Uh, the, the, I took part in this. It's really important to me. And, uh, and I was able to do that. Uh, I was able to spend time. I was able to put effort. I was able to put my money into those things. Now, there's a lot that can happen in life that is completely outside of our control okay, including with our money. You could uh, get yourself a good job, but the company could go bust. You could get sick, so it really reduces your ability to earn. Uh, The economy could completely evaporate, and it's none of those things are your fault. None of those things we can control at all, okay? And actually, some of the great anxieties that we see in the world are people trying to control things that they cannot control. But what we can control What we do have power over is what we decide to strive for, what we decide to give ourselves to. And Jesus knew this, and he knew this affected our money as well, because he says, where our treasure is, our heart will follow. Effectively, what you put your money into is where your heart will go. So if you, you were to put your money into, you love playing games, just love being on the PlayStation so I'm going to save my money and get the place. I'm going to spend the money on the games. I'm not going to spend money on the time to be in those places. What you put your money into is where your heart is. And then you have to question, well, at the end of everything, before you turn to dust again, are you going to want to tell that story? Oh, what did you do? Well, I spent my money on this. I spent my time, my effort and energy on that. It's worth thinking about it. Don't do it by accident. That's the thing. Don't do it by accident. So we're going to be super practical, I'm going to ask you this story, I, and we're going, to, we're going to try and think a little bit about what we are going to strive for, uh, and uh, in a minute, once we've talked, I, I'll uh, talk about uh, me and what I'm striving for, um, but I want you to ask this question in your groups, okay, and again, this requires a little bit of honesty, so I'm not going to ask you to shout out in front of everyone, because I don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to be true and real, uh, but what stories do you want to tell at the end of your life about what you have done. What stories do you want to tell? Go for it, get in your groups. I had a a good chat with these lot down here and they were effectively talking about investing in their careers, really. So we have some athletes here and they were saying, look, these are the sports I want to do. So I'm investing my time and my money into training and coaching and stuff like that. So really very interesting. So I'm going to tell you about me a little bit. Now I am, believe it or not, 45, hmm, 45, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, and so, uh, this is how I've decided to think about my money. And this is to help me because I really like spending my money on books and just, I like a nice cup of tea and I like to spend my money. I just, you got the money, you just want to spend it. Uh, and uh, if I go into the bookshop, I can spend hundreds there uh, on books I probably won't read. Uh, and so, in order to kind of keep myself focused, and think about what am I striving for, I have in my head some investment priorities, okay? You didn't think you'd hear that words or those words at New Day, did you? But bear with me here, okay? These are the things I want to put my money into that is important to me as I get older and as I will be old, okay? Uh, and there's just six things, all right? Uh, the first one, uh, and these aren't in kind of order of priority, they're just the six things. The first one is I want to have uh, great memories for my children, okay? I've got two kids, I want them to enjoy family life. I want them to have fun with us. And so I want to put money into that. And so that's holidays and fun with them. Okay, that is a big investment priority for me. Uh, The the other one is uh, I I want my kids to do well at school. I want them to get good education. So if I can help with that financially, uh, then I will do as well. So that's important for me. Whether that's uh, help saving for university, okay, these things... Uh, which you're thinking this doesn't relate to me in any way whatsoever, but it may do in the future. I'm just being honest about me. Okay, the other thing I, I want to invest in is I'm married, so I want to invest in that. I want to save money so I, I, we can invest in our marriage. So uh, me and Vic my wife, we like going out for dinner. We like going to, if we can find a posh restaurant doing a deal, we will go out and doing that. And if it's our wedding anniversary, I want to make her feel good, I'll buy her some jewelry. I'm just saying, I like to do that. Uh, and actually, when I buy the jewelry, she doesn't hate it. Come on, seriously, there's got to be something commendable there. Yeah, too right. Yes, that's the thing you clap. <laughs> so I want to invest in that, okay? And also in my friendships too. So I have a group of mates that I really like spending time with. So I save money. So, so I, 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 an investment priority is that I can go to the pub with my friends, okay? You know, you might think that's a bit odd, but actually it means I don't spend money in other places so I can spend good time with my friends, okay? Also, these are some of the other things. I want to fund a church planting across Manchester and Europe, okay? So I'm a pastor in Manchester, we love planting churches, I want to plant churches into Europe as well, and so that is important to me. So we, I deliberately organize my finances so I can give money to church so that we can do that, it's important to me. I want to see poor people be less poor, I want the poor to be lifted out of poverty, that is important to me, and so we save money so that we can do that. Uh, and sometimes it, there's a couple of little charities we help. Uh, my, my wife was in Burundi for a year um, a number of years ago, working in a school there in an orphanage. There was uh, a genocide in Burundi in the mid 90s, and so there they're just there are orphans all over the place. Uh, they're, and they're now getting into their 20s and looking to go off to university and to build lives themselves. And so we've got friends out there, so we put a bit of money into them. Uh, on the news a, a few years ago. Ago, there are a lot of news articles about uh, knife crime in London I don't live in London uh, but then I heard of a guy called Ben Lindsay don't know if you've heard of him and I know he has a charity and I thought okay uh, he's the only person I've ever heard talk any sense about this so I'm going to give him a little bit of money it's important to me those things uh, and so I don't spend money in other places so that I can do that right these are priorities I have and the last one and this is a top one I really like fun do you, do you guys like having fun Come on, you're kind of nodding. Boring. Fun is boring, yeah. Fun sucks. Uh, I love music. I love going to see bands. Uh, I like, I'm a bit like, if there's a punk rock band in Manchester, I want to go see it. I quite like a bit of heavy metal. I also like a little bit of dance music. These things cost money, so I deliberately don't spend money in other places so that I can go to my gigs, okay? There's loads of gigs in Manchester. I want to go and see them. Uh, so I, those are my things. I think, okay, these are what I'm striving for, Okay. Now, I don't spend equal amounts on all of those, um, but they are my priorities. They are what I think about when I'm thinking oh, I'm just going to spend a bit of money frivolously there. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to chuck some money at this or, uh, or I lose control of my budgeting and uh, whatever happens. Uh, actually, I, I think about those things first. What am I striving for? Now, you may be wondering, okay, well, Tim, how do you afford to eat uh, can you do you live in the garden do you, have, do you have rent and bills to pay yeah I have all of that stuff and I organize all of my money for all of those things in the context of what do I want to live for okay so I know friends of mine save for ages to get a house for example uh, and then they can't afford anything else because they get a house and then they're stuck okay they can't afford to do anything uh, so it's worth thinking okay actually what do I want to live for and we work it out like this okay So I think I spend 80% of my money, I save 10% of my money, and I give 10% of my money, okay? 80, 10, 10. I try and live off 80%, save 10%, give 10%. Now, you might think, okay, Tim, why are you telling me this, okay? If you were to start saving your money now, okay, if you are, what, here, 17, 18, when you save money now, it gets bigger and bigger over time. There's mathematician here. It's the way interest works and keeps working. Okay? You might think, this is very boring. But there are communities uh, in our nation that don't have much money in. And if those communities are able to save money and start accumulating wealth, then actually it begins to make impact and change. Actually, And we know this in our own family. Okay? When we save, actually, it gives you opportunities in the future. Saving is just such a powerful thing. And that same accumulation works when you give money away. If you keep investing into things, actually over time, you put a lot of money into stuff. Okay, you think, actually, I'm going to give 10%. I may not be earning very much at the moment. Let's say I can give 50 quid a month to, to my church, maybe, or if I can give a tenner a month to my charity, uh, this charity. But if you do it every month for years and years and years, and you look back on it, you think, I've put a lot of money into this stuff. I've put a lot of my heart into this. Remember, where you put your money is where your heart goes as well. Important stuff. So there are times in life, okay, where you will have lots of money. I will; They will come to you, I promise. And then there will be times in life where you don't have very much money at all. And we try and live on the same principle all the time, actually. We're going to give in the same way. It's been a big faith journey for us right better is a handful of quiet let's remember that verse than two hands full of toil and a striving after the winds I don't want you guys to strive after what you cannot get and when you do if by luck or circumstance you do get it you realize there's nothing there that it is wins actually if we strive after things that are good If we live for things that are good and we look to plan our money and put our money into those things, actually you will find that you can have deep impact on the world around you. You can have deep impact. So how do we do this? I want you to think now in your groups, like the list of things I've said uh, you don't have to do the same thing at all. This is just what we, uh, I've got to. I'm older than you. My, my priorities are different to you. But actually, you might be thinking, okay, in, in future years, I'm going to go to uni, or I might think I'd like to buy a house, or whatever it might be, or I want to give to my church. Let's just think about this. I want you, in your groups, to do a top three. Okay, these are the things that I'm going to start spending my money on. These are my investment priorities. Okay, you've got three minutes. Go for it. I really appreciate you guys talking to each other and taking this seriously. This is important stuff. So this idea of two hands full of toil, just think about that for a moment. because It's a wonderful image, actually. If you've got two hands full, you can't pick up anything else. Okay? If you've got two hands that are holding on to stuff, you can't pick up anything else. Okay? There's little room for other things in your life. Uh, and we live in a world which is consumed by having two hands full, consumed with spending and owning. Uh, and uh, what we find, actually, in this world, we are owned by our possessions. We are owned by our ability to spend. It's not the other way around, actually. And when both hands are full, actually, we are limited, We can't reach out to do the other things that we would like to do. If you get your life set up so it's all about spending and there is nothing left, actually you can't help people. If opportunities come to you, you perhaps won't be able to take them because your hands are full. Perhaps you won't be able to save properly for the future because your hands are full. We can't be generous like we would like to be because our hands are full. And actually, this is presented to us all the time. So Instagram influencers, they don't talk about how they're not spending, they're showing off what they have bought, right? Uh, And actually, this isn't just uh, non-Christians, you see this with uh, Christian influencers as well, if we're not careful. Uh, Have you ever seen um, an Instagram feed called uh, Preachers and Sneakers? Okay, you need to have a look at preachers and sneakers. Okay, so there are some uh, very American wealthy preachers uh, and it has a picture of them and then it has a photo of the trainers that they are wearing next to them and how much the trainers cost. Okay, I'm just saying, they are people with two hands full of tall. Have a look at preachers and sneakers. Yeah, it's actually very funny as well. Uh, but we are called to live differently to that, okay? We are called to live In God's eternal purpose and plan and that includes the money that we are allowed to have okay and the money that we have is the money that God has allowed us to have Uh, and one of the biggest ways we can live with purpose is to think about how we're going to spend the money that God has given to us so Proverbs Proverbs 30 says this it's a prayer and the prayer is give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food that is needful for me don't give me poverty. Don't give me riches. It's a wonderful. Word. Actually, God, you satisfy me. I remember a number of years ago, we were particularly skint. It was just one of those phases in life where we just it, we were skint. Okay, it was just you're getting month to month. It's really tight, and it's all the time. Uh, and uh, I remember um, just being really frustrated. And I remember praying. I was walking one day, and I was praying. I was God. Why have I not got more? This this is my genuine prayer. Uh, I need more money. Please give me more. And God spoke to me very clearly, and that's perhaps one of the clearest times I've ever heard God's voice just in my head. And He said, Tim, why should I give you more money when you're not very good with what you have? Okay, that was a bit of a smackdown for a Monday morning walk, but that is what God said to me. And so I went home, and uh, we worked through all of our credit cards, all of our spending, and I realized that I was terrible with our money. So we reorganized, I stopped spending in the way that we was, we redid our shopping, all sorts of stuff. And actually, our income didn't change, but we had more money. That was a big moment for me. So give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with a food that is needful. And then he goes on in his prayer, he says, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord's? That was Marcus Pearson's problem. He got full and he didn't need anything. He had nothing to live for. Uh, And actually, uh, we can not need God's. It's one of the things of being wealthy is that sense of entitlement. Actually, I can solve all of my own problems. I don't need to trust you, God. I buy my way out of trouble or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of the Lord. So we're not idealizing poverty here. We're not idealizing not having very much money. Actually, it's about living for God is this prayer. He wanted us to live a contented life with whatever we had. He didn't want two hands full of toil. He didn't want the stress of chasing after the winds. He wanted a handful of quiet and peace. Uh, And this handful of quiet, and we're going to finish on that, and you guys have been great uh, listening to me. Uh, This handful of quiet is a life of peace, actually. It's a, a life of simplicity, in a funny way, of having less, perhaps, but having direction, having purpose, striving after good things rather than a misdirected life where we strive after the next shiny thing. And it's easy, actually, to make changes in your finances. It actually easy is, is easy to get hold of your situation with your money if you have a big plan, if you have a think, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to live for. So these guys talking about their sports, really interesting, so decided, actually, this could be a real career for me. This is important to me. So I'm, I'm going to organize my time. So one of you was a swimmer. That is a lot of training, isn't it? That's a lot of time dedicated. So we dedicate our time, but we also dedicate our finances. We're going to do this right. We're going to do it well. If she were just to spend any money that came along and it's all gone, actually, that reduces her ability to do those things. It's important. Living that life life of contentment and peace. Also, we want to be able to give away. Generosity is so important. Actually, if we become a nation, uh, I mean, a, you're a generation that is generous, then actually you will make deep structural change to our country, perhaps to other countries as well, if we are generous. So perhaps if we were building houses in Africa, you make a deep difference there, aren't you? Perhaps in my city there's a number of areas which are particularly poor. There's an area called Withenshaw where um, we've recently done lots of mission work or been involved in lots of mission work there. It is deeply poor and so if we can be generous we can put money into those places. Actually, it's going to make a real difference. We need to be uh, real about that. So those things that you've talked about today, I want them to, if you can, keep them in your mind. Think about this a little bit. See, what am I going to strive for? What do I want to live for? Think about it when you, you start earning. These things are, are really important. Now, we're going to finish in a second, but before we do, there's a couple of things that I'd just really like to pray for you, if that's okay. Would you, would you stand up with me? Just a couple of things I felt like God was talking about. So let's close our eyes. And uh, I'm going to pray of you. I'm not going to ask people to put up hands and respond. So if these things are right in you, you just let God work in your heart, okay? And uh, the first one was, um, for some of you, you come from families where... You, They've had to struggle and fight for their money all the time. Parents on a couple of jobs. Uh, and you know that they've been doing it to, to make your life as good as possible and to help you. Um, and, but you feel in, perhaps embarrassed by that, that sense of poverty that was there. Uh, and I felt like just God wanted to break that. I'd say that doesn't need to define you, Okay. That doesn't, because often we react against those things, right? I'm never going to let that happen. Never going to live that way. Lord God, I I pray that you would break what poverty does to people in their minds. Lord, of what that that really hard striving and working can do. Lord God, I pray that you would release people from the expectation they put on themselves. They think, actually, no, I must not live like that. I'm going to be wealthy. I'm not going to know the difficulty, perhaps that my parents or my grandparents knew. And in that, I want to say that some of you may come from communities which are not wealthy. Now, good friends of mine would, would talk about that. Actually, God wants to put people in those communities, not that get rich and leave, but actually do well and invest And bring change to those places. And sometimes people from outside want to put money in and they don't know how to spend the money. They make the situation worse. Actually, people who are in those communities themselves, know them and love them, actually can do real power there. Lord God, I pray that you would break any sense of what poverty does to us. And just the other thing I felt God just whispered to me yesterday as I was thinking about you all, was the the culture of the show-off like the 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 culture of the very narcissistic i'm gonna show you my best life now how i'm hashtag blessed how all of these good things are happening to me and often it's pretty loaded with how the money is being spent or the money i'm getting and it is insidious it is a poison because it's not true most of it it is an unreality or it's a very filtered moment in time. And at the end of the day, they will all be dust and their dust will be as rich as your dust. I just felt God would say, Let's, he wanted to break the power of the show off. That when you look at that, you think, "Ah, oh, that's, that's not me, I wish I had that. What would it be like to have that? And just break it off. We live for something much bigger than that. We live for someone who created the entire universe and doesn't brag. That's a thing. Lord God, I pray that you would break the power of the show off. Lord God, I pray that we would be a people of great generosity and humility and kindness with our money. Lord God, you would break the power of the show off in your holy name. Amen.